In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. What's up, folks? <laughs> it's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan, and this is your Thursday episode. How's everybody doing? Uh, good news. Um, tomorrow's Friday, so you you did it. 
It's done. The week is done. And the week's done. You did it. Congratulations. Um, so I've got some bad news. I was wrong once again. I was wrong like three times in the last two weeks. And that's crazy because the last three years I've 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 never been wrong. So like I'm starting to kind of doubt myself. I was wrong about two small things last week. And then in yesterday's show, I said to I said that Wednesday night we were gonna have our um First Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion, and I was wrong. Now, listen, this is kind of not my... No, I'm going to take full blame. I'm not going to be like Lisa Rinna and blame other people. It's completely my fault, even though TV Guide and my cable channel and all that said, but here, here's the deal. Okay, so the cable listing has now changed. So the reunion starts next Wednesday, and brace yourself, folks. It's... uh. It's a three-part reunion. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. I mean, the only thing worse could be a four-part Salt Lake reunion. It is three parts. Now, I have a couple of theories. I do not have any proof, and I want to put that right at the top of this. Uh, This is what I think. So we know Andy was after that Jen Shaw interview, and we know Jen Shaw in a completely um, dumb, tone-deaf, special way that only Jen Shaw can do. Uh, she posted a photo on her Instagram of like dress rehearsal and she had like up like 80 pounds of makeup on her hair was flowing. It looked like she had a Beyonce fan on it. And it was just super gross. It's like, I was like, wow, you don't seem to get it. Nobody really cares if you're serving looks right now, you know, like, Hey man, like we'd almost, even if we really liked you, I still would be like, you know what? I'm good with her not serving looks when she just got sentenced to prison for stealing from old people. But sure, like, and also I don't, I'm just getting right off the bat. I'm already on fire, you guys. I'm also going to say this. Listen, if you're stealing from elderly people, maybe the thing is to not do is to like show a bunch of money in a photo. Even if somebody's like, you know what, Jen, I got this. I'll pay for all this shit you're going to do. You know, the the dress and the the push-up bras and all that stuff. I'll pay for that and the makeup. Um, But she did that. And also it's like, I don't think she truly understands what restitution means. Like I I had to go and look it up again because I was like, wait a sec, does restitution say rub it in everybody's faces that <laughs> you're still spending all of their money? Um, and it's it doesn't mean that. So I was confused. So it seems like she agreed to do this interview with Andy. And that would be where the third part would come in. So from my sources, it was always going to be a two-part reunion once Jen was out. I think there was some healthy debate. And you remember Jen going, you know, Jen calling Bravo out. uh, You know, you disinvited me and then invited me. And now I'm going to say I'm not coming because I can't talk about this. Well, now she's been sentenced. So she legitimately could talk about it. There's not a gag order. The judge did say you cannot profit off of this, but she's already, you know, quote unquote, and technically a cast member of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So my guess is they are, they they all of a sudden said, okay, we want to wait till this interview with Jen is done and edited. We still have not seen a trailer for the reunion. We saw a couple of clips last week's episode at the very end at the finale, and it wasn't that great, uh, but I didn't see any other, trailers this week and I even thought about that and I got to remember anytime my spidey sense goes off whether it be I think Tom Girardi spends a lot of money for a lawyer you know I remember thinking that years ago and, and I didn't follow up on that until it was too late and the same thing with this reunion I was like why am I not seeing trailers well I guess they probably just aren't they're probably not <laughs> Bravo's probably not excited like you know we're not excited and then uh, I found out today, yeah, that they pulled it for a week. So it starts next week. And then the last episode, I believe, will air on February 8th. And Jen turns herself in, I believe, on February 16th. Um, so that will be the week before she turns herself in. And I believe Bravo did that to kind of amp amp it up. Because literally, the this season of Salt Lake got really shitty ratings. Now, the only, I don't think Jen Shaw is a big draw, but she's probably a bigger draw right now, love her or hate her, um, than the actual show. And I don't mean that as a uh, compliment. I don't mean that. I just mean it's like we always like to stop and look at car crashes, you know? Like I was I was driving and I noticed that like we always just slow way down. 
And you end up like, you're like, God, you're going to hurt more people just by slowing down to watch this accident. Like I would have preferred the reunion start tonight just so I could get to next week and get the season over with. Like, I don't want to drag this out. And now here we are dragging this out. I also predict now, if we do get the Jen Shaw interview, I have a feeling we're going to see some of Jen's family in it. I feel like it's going to be an hour goodbye special, but I think if Andy has read the temperature in the room, and I had played a couple of clips from the uh, the interview he did on CNN, where the host kind of grilled Andy about Jen Shaw. And I, I think if he's reading the temperature in the room, that he's got to push back on Jen a little bit. And Andy's not stupid, and Andy does pay attention. So he does have to walk this fine line, but I think the fans demand a little bit of honesty, a little bit of accountability, and we have not received any of that from Jen Shaw uh, over the last two seasons. Uh, a lot of people said, hey, I'm not watching. I'm disgusted. I'm going to watch. Like, like I I don't pretend to be like, well, fuck that. Da, da, da. No, I'm going to watch. Are you kidding me? I, I watch every. Do you, do you know how much shit I watch? Like, And that's not a, like, hey, good for you, Salt Like, I'm watching. Like, legitimately. I mean, I've watched every episode that Freddie Mellencamp was on. I mean, I'll watch, I'll watch shitty things. Are you kidding me? Um, so I was wrong about that, you guys. And I sincerely apologize. And here's the deal. I was, so today's show is just going to be me and you. Now, here's the deal. I was going to, I got a bug up my butt and I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch the reunion tonight. I'm going to take notes and I'm going to do it just so I can get it out, get it done with, and you'll have it for the next day. And I was very excited. I told Laura, who usually helps me take notes on this, I said, hey, take the night off. I'm going to do this. And then I found out. And I was like, oh, sweet. I don't have to take notes. But also, oh, bummer. But then I realized I wanted to talk to you guys anyways, just us, and just go over some pop culture stories, talk a little bit, some personal stuff. Uh, If you're just joining us for the first time, just know that I overshare about my personal life. Uh, You know, I know that might annoy certain people, um, but that's just how we do it here. And we put timestamps, but today is probably going to be a little bit more all over the place. So I'm going to intersperse pop culture stories, um, TV, film, reality shows uh, with a couple of personal thoughts. And then we'll get out of here early. (laughs) I'm going to, you guys, you're going to get cut from school early and uh, we'll call it a day. And then Friday, I'm going to be back with a lot more stories and a real housewives of miami recap and next week you guys i have so many good guests it is really shaping up to be an amazing amazing week and uh i'm a li- i gotta tell you I, I have not slept well the last couple of days and sleep is so key for me i just feel if i don't get sleep my brain just like i can go through days i can do things but i'm not there you know like i'm just far away um, I hope you like Bill and Becky Bailey on the uh, the show today. Thank you guys for all of your support, all of your great comments about my mom. You know, honestly, I've, I I think my mom is more popular than I am, and that shit will not stand. And I told her she's out, she's done, no more. No, I said, hey, you better you better not be nearly as good next time you're on the pod because you're too funny, you're too quick, um, and that just I I need to be the number one. You know what I'm saying? And she apologized and said it wouldn't happen again, but we'll see. I'm not, I don't trust her. I'll just say it. I don't trust her. <laughs> um, I, oh, so it's <laughs> funny. Um, you know, being with my parents, they, it has been wild because I mean, navigating this whole situation and you guys know, a lot of you guys have shared stories about your families and, and people uh, that are close to you that have gotten sick and how you've handled it. And I, I so many amazing stories or even so many listeners that you guys uh, are sick right now or somebody that has cancer and all that, you know, just wild shit that I cannot even possibly imagine. Um, but this, you know, it seems like it's been such a long process so far, and now all of a sudden it's it's very quick, it feels. And uh, it's been it's been wild. Like watching, you know, my mom, I gotta tell you, I my mom was like, <laughs> she's still it's so funny. She's so damn like she is so damn strong. Everything that I think is gonna kind of mess with her doesn't. You know, like it probably meant like I'm, I'm soft. You guys, you guys know me. I'm a soft boy. That's all right. Soft boys rule. Um, but there are just certain things that get me and I don't really ever tell her that because I don't, you know, she doesn't need that shit, but I'll tell you guys, um, there are a couple just there, there are moments that, that bother me. 
you know, there are just moments. And there, you know, when we were talking about uh, shaving my mom's head, because she's completely bald now, and it's wild. I think, you know, my mom's beautiful regardless. She still has the same smile, same eyes, you know. And like I said, if she had shaved her eyebrows, we would have had a problem. But she got her eyebrows tattooed on, so no problem, you know. Like if she had done that, would have been a bridge too far for me. Uh, and she's hoping not to lose her uh, eyelashes, but I think she probably will. Um, but I remember it was like one of the, the first nights I was there. Uh, she said, we we're talking about shaving the head. And she said, the only thing that I get worried about is that my head will be cold. And um, and I don't want my head to be cold and I don't want to be sick. And for some reason, that got me. That got me. I And I'm not in front of her. But that I that night I was just like you know, I was just like, uh, fuck you, cancer, fuck you. You're gonna make my mom's head cold. Like I'm not joking. I was like livid. Like I was sad and I was livid. You know this woman that I love that I look up to, that has done so much for me. Just a hard worker does not get the credit that she deserves ever. You know, she's not, you know, my dad and I, nothing's wrong with my dad's awesome, but that my dad's the star of our family and, you know, like, but she's, you know, she's the rock. And, um, I just was just like, how dare, you know, like it was just one of those, like, don't, I don't want my mom to ever be cold. I don't want her head to be cold. I don't want any part. And it was just something that really, I was just like, ah, oh, that hurt, you know? Uh, she didn't care. I mean, listen, she was just like, literally, I don't want my head cold. But in my head, I was just, I made, you know, I was like, oh my God, my mom's head, no. <laughs> and I kept, I, I was just, because listen, one thing that I know, I have mainly female friends. I have, uh, I, I listen to so many female voices, whether it be on other podcasts, books, music, everything. And I will say, I do know and I think this is what society does is place kind of this, uh, not pressure, but they place this emphasis on beauty. This is not something new, obviously, or, you know, but they place this emphasis on beauty and, and a lot of women take pride in that. And it, it kind of becomes a part of their identity. And I was thinking about that in terms of my mom, because if you've ever seen pics of my mom, uh, you know, I mean, even until last year, I was like comparing pictures, you know, and, uh, you know, because the steroid has made her gain so much weight and she hates that. I mean, they're all explainable things. It's not like, oh, my mom just, just kind of let herself go. You know, it's all these shit that happened because of this, this uh, disease. And, um, but when she was younger, she looked exactly like Cher. Exactly like Cher. She had the hair down over her butt. She had a, I mean, I just, she really was just a beautiful woman. Now, I'm not attracted to Cher, but I know my mom is an attractive woman or, you know, I know that. And, uh. It, that was a thing was that my mom's never been overly attached to beauty, but I just have to imagine it's like that, uh, it's like that superpower that some people have guys and girls where you're like extremely good looking and people kind of pay a little closer attention to you when you're a little better looking than other people. And I got to imagine sometimes when that starts to go away or even for a period of time goes away, it's not like, you know, maybe everything will come back and everything will be great. Um, but that's got to be hard. And like psychologically, that's got to be hard. I mean, even when like I, you know, I go, I yo-yo up and down and wait. And, you know, when I think back to my, you know, a skinnier version of myself, um, post-Ozempic, no, I'm just joking. I always think, oh man, that's when I really, that's when I was magical. That's when I really had it. It's a really messed up way in how we look at these things. But that was the thing. I was like, oh, is she going to stare in the mirror? You know, we always put, it's like with our, it's like animals we do this to, you know, like I always put these thoughts that my dog must be feeling. And in reality, my dog just wants food. <laughs> my dog just wants a belly rub and a good nap. Uh, but I'll be like, oh, she, She's probably feeling it. She, she might be, you know, like she wants off this mortal coil. I can tell there's a sadness in her eyes. It's like, no, it's just, it's her food time. And she really wants the food. Um, but we add kind of other things to these people that we care about and what they possibly could be thinking and, and all of that. And then even to watch my dad, my dad go through this, it's, uh, you know, my dad actually is more, the sky is falling than my mom is. And 
you know, he's he's been great, but it's kind of like, okay, just take it day by day. I will say uh, a friend of uh, a friend of the show uh, gave me a couple of uh, edibles, like weed edibles. And my dad, if you've been a follower of the show for a while, you've probably heard the Bill Bailey Weed Chronicles. Um, he's not asked for any kind of weed, and I'm not a big weed guy anyway. So I was given a couple of edibles, and I wasn't going to use them. So I gave them to my dad, and I said, here, man. You know, like, you know, and I got a text two days, two nights ago. And, I was, and I'm just in the other room, and he texted me. He goes, I just took a half. Pretty good. This feels like the old times. Nice. <laughs> and that, I mean, they were kind of low dose anything. I was like, great. Thank you. You know, good. But, you know, it's like I was like, good. Take that escape. I wish I could get my mom into weed or something, you know? Like, it's a really, uh, not tense, but there's just so many moving parts to this. And there's so many, there's so many things. And you really... Or what I keep telling myself is, and what my mom, you know, it's like, yeah, just take it day by day. You know, I can't think too far down the line. I don't know really what's going to happen. And and as my mom pointed out very firmly, uh, you know, there's no cure for this. So it's all about just kind of extending her life. And that's a really hard thing to say. But then if you think about it, um, you know, we're all kind of just extending our lives as long as we can, you know, like. That's the scary thing is I always, by the way, I know this is a pure personal therapy session. You guys, I know it's all right. If you don't listen to this, I'm just getting this shit out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was like, I've said this before. It's like, oh man, you know what the bad news is? None of us get out of this alive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's not one of us of like, oh, you're one of those people that lived forever. Ah, man, I wish I could have been one of those. No. And, uh. I keep trying to remind myself that when I, over those last bit of like, oh, okay, I'm tired. I just want to lay around. It's like, no, get up and do something. Get up and work. Get up and, you know, make something happen. Make something happen. Because I already get down anyway. So it's like just that reminder of like, not you know, all of this time is not promised. Um, but anyways, that I wanted to share that with you. I really haven't been uh, as open as I, I usually am with that kind of stuff, but, but it's really good. Um, and I'm glad this visit has gone really well because like I said the other day, it's like auditioning to take care of my mom each time. It's like, okay, see how good I did. Huh? Huh? You're going to let me drive you to your appointments now. Come on. I'm pretty good at it. Let's do this. So yeah. Anyways, thank you. Thank you for letting me do that. And by the way, I'll put a timestamp right here. 2217, where I stopped talking about that stuff. Uh, let's see here, you guys. We have a couple of news stories that I wanted to talk about in terms of entertainment. And let's just start it off with one that really irks me. And I, I've thought about this a lot today. Uh, we got to talk about Kim Kardashian, okay? Now, I think I really, I am turning into a full fuddy-duddy old dude. Um, so all you young kids listening, I get it. I get how I sound. But it's, I think Kim is at this weird impasse where I don't think she even knows what to do potentially for her next quote-unquote act. And so we're getting a lot of weird stories press released and the Kim and North TikToks, which I just, like... At the end of the day, Kim's not a good actor. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how certain people just got it, got that charm? Kim doesn't. Kim kind of like, you know, North has got charm and oodles. North is like a firecracker. Kim, you're like, oh, this is a mom playing along. But you can tell she wants to do good, but it doesn't really ever get there. I know I'm being hypercritical about her TikToks, but listen, it's one of the only forms of work she potentially does. Um so we had a news story today, uh, says Kim Kardashian, new owner of princess Diana's iconic cross necklace. That's right. You guys, her cosplay continues. Kim Kardashian has added another piece to her growing collection, a famous diamond cross necklace once worn by princess Diana. The, uh, this was sold at Sotheby's auction on Wednesday. The price, the piece went for $197,000, um, 
and it was famously worn in 1987 at a London charity gala, paired with a purple-tinged outfit with the necklace hanging low down her torso. Um, the Garrard Jewelry Company let Diana borrow the piece for the event. Uh, the necklace has since come into the possession of the auction house, and now it's on its way to Kim, thanks to her winning bid. Um, and so then I read another article. Because Kim, and if you, you know, if you followed the show, you know Kim meticulously, she's like a scrapbooker. Like, she has saved every one of her outfits from everything that she's ever been in. She has warehouses full of just her history. And even uh, in an interview where she said she was telling Kanye, even though they were divorces, give me your Grammys. I want to store them for you. Like, this girl appreciates pop culture. But I think when you appreciate pop culture, you become somebody more like me. You become a fan rather than somebody that makes the conversation. Like, I think Kim is starting to dilute a little bit of what her actual meaning, uh, her goal is, is that being a fan is amazing. Like, it's one of my favorite things in life. It has given me purpose in so many ways. But you're Kim Kardashian and you want to be a legend. So start being a legend. Start making your own pieces that someday people will want to buy at auction when you are gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I wouldn't be worried except we're, we're coming on the heels of the Met Gala where she did the Marilyn Monroe dress. And if we just looked at that one as an isolated incident, you'd be like, okay, okay. Yeah. You get away. But then once again, it's taking somebody else's moment and you're doing cosplay. Wouldn't it be amazing if Kim had showed up to one of these things in an original dress that would only be thought of as the dress Kim Kardashian wore to the Met Gala instead of, oh, remember when Kim wore the Marilyn Monroe dress that Marilyn Monroe wore to sing happy birthday to JFK? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Am I being too picky? I don't think I am because she's told us time and time again. In fact, then I went back and looked and I found this article where it says all of these other pieces she bought. Now she bought Michael Jackson pieces of clothing for North. We know that. Did she also, I found this really fascinating as well. She also owns, uh, she purchased the outfit worn by Janet Jackson in, in her, if music video, she bought that for $25,000. Um, so she goes around kind of buying these pieces and listen, this is what a fan does. Like I told I, you know, I have a bunch of Tom Girardi memorabilia. I have all of his law trophies. So Kim, I'm just like you, but my name's Ryan Bailey and I'm not looking to be Kim Kardashian, you know, like Kim, if you want to be a podcaster like me, if you want to be somebody that comments on pop culture, like me and Bethany Frankel, um, do that. But I think you're missing the opportunity and you're missing the point of celebrity is that celebrity drives fashion celebrity dri and, and Kim has done that many times in the past, but usually it kind of intensifies in continuing to create, to innovate, to pivot. And I just don't see where, you know, you continually are, seem to be in this cosplay phase. And I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know why it's kind of just not sitting well with me because I feel like it's a misstep. I feel like you've got to have confidence in what you're bringing to the table. And I guess you have to figure out what you are bringing to the table. And maybe you're getting away from your mood boards and you're just, I, I love browns and beiges and blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's got a little too boring for you. And Balenciaga, you don't want to be the face of that anymore for so many reasons. So maybe you're at a weird place. But I just think the creativity that Marilyn Monroe showed when she initially wore that dress and really turned so many heads and it did make history. That was because it was so unique to her. And I would just kind of, if, if I was advising Kim, uh, I would, I would really push for that, push for new things, new looks that are actually custom to you and what you are bringing to the table. And I think that's truly what makes icons. And it's not just in the moment, but I think Kim and Kardashian company are so used to the 24 hour news cycle and hitting so big right at that moment that they might be a little short sighted in thinking about down the road in thinking about long term. And I think when you get this big, you need to start thinking about long term. You need to start thinking about the, the end goal or the end game. Like what, what is it? You know, it feels like Courtney is tapped out in a lot of ways because she's genuinely happy. 
Chloe, uh, you know, she wants to be really in it, but I don't think she kind of understands or knows where she's going. You know, they have these businesses that are kind of completely set up for them and they're doing really well, but then what's the underlying thing? Like Kim's prison work, I think that is unique to Kim. I think that it's very unique. It's something that she doesn't have to do, yet she does. And to me, that's something that will last the, the, the test of time. Be like, oh, do you also know she did this? But I just think with fashion, it's starting to get like, okay, you know, like the person who, like the collector of weird things, I always think about Nicolas Cage, who, you know, he was deep, deep in debt because he would buy things like, you know, number, the number one action comics, the first time Superman appeared in a comic book. He would buy dinosaur bones that I believe Leonardo DiCaprio bought some of his dinosaur bones. These rich people love their dinosaur bones. You know who has a dinosaur bone? Tom Sandoval. A lot of dinosaur bones out there. You know, those seem to be a big on the, you know, the interesting people collector's market. Um, But he would just spend stupid money on things. And, you know, you know, the IRS eventually got him. But that's just one of those stories I thought. And also the Princess Diana thing. It's like, yo, girl, I don't know. Like, Diana's been through enough this year, you know? We got the Harry stuff. We got to, you know, let, let's, let's let Diana rest in peace. Let's not have Kim Kardashian buy up everything that this lady's worn. Let her rest for the love of God. So that happened today. And, uh, I don't know. I saw that mixed with the TikToks, and I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. You guys, I don't know if I can do it. Uh, but I wanted you guys to know. Uh, selling the OC, which I covered entirely on the, uh, Patreon. I loved selling the OC more than I like selling sunset. Well, good news for me because selling sun, selling the OC is officially renewed for the second and third season. So congrats to little Jason and Brett Oppenheim from the Oppenheim group. We got Alex Hall returning. And she, uh, she was the one that, uh, we called her boobs McGee because every one of her outfits showed her, uh, her very night, you know, um, tripping over my words now, her cleavage, uh, Alexander Jarvis, Alexander Rose, Austin Victoria, Brandy. I'm starting actually not to even know who these names are. You know, you kind of just know them by their faces, <laughs> but the two seasons are coming. I'm very excited about that. Uh, I'm not sure when they're going to be out, but I will let you know as soon. I'm sure we'll be getting a Selling Sunset season pretty soon. Uh, But I got to tell you, watching Selling the OC, I was so much more invested than I am Selling Sunset at all. The only thing I'm curious about Selling Sunset is I want to see uh, Chrishell date G-Flip, the non-binary Australian singer. I want to see that romance. I want to see that relationship. And I'm not joking. I think that could actually be really groundbreaking in a lot of ways. Uh, So I do want to see that. And I hope they do show that on the show. I think that could potentially be kind of a cool storyline. Amanda Bynes, you guys. Remember Amanda Bynes? You guys, I remember that. Remember early days on Twitter? It just been uh, early days on Twitter when Amanda Bynes was going through one of her manic episodes. But she used to let loose on Twitter at night. Okay, you guys, now is the part of the show that I love, and we are talking about our sponsors. And this week, So Bad It's Good is sponsored by our friends over at Rocket Money. Uh, Rocket Money is kind of my favorite new app. And I got to be honest with you guys right up top, um, is that I knew about Rocket Money before they were even a sponsor because I heard it on another show and I was like, whoa, advertising really works. And this thing is awesome. So let's get into it. Let me tell you what this is. Um, But if your New Year's goals, we're still only two weeks into the New Year. So, you know, is to manage your money better. That is, I think should be a goal for everybody to try to save money. And that is where rocket money comes in. So you can say goodbye to last year's outdated, disorganized methods of managing your money and say hello to Rocket Money, the better way to hack your finances in 2023. So Rocket Money, it's formerly known as Truebill, and it is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. So over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Like this is, I I would actually say 90%. I don't think there's a person I know that doesn't forget about subscriptions because they get it. That's how they get it. I was thinking about this tonight. How many people just depend on us forgetting? 
Like in our real lives, but also with everything that we buy, they just depend on us not ever – like they'll never cancel. They don't know. Like They'll never – but that's where rocket money comes in. They are actually on the case making sure you know what things that you have and helping you decide what you need to cancel to save money. Um Think about it. Streaming services you bought just to watch one show on, uh, the free trial that you never even used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you stop paying for the ones you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. That's another thing I want to expand on here. Really, as I get older, I just want things to be simple. Don't you? It's all everything's such a hassle. But this, they tell you, you click a button and it's done. You simply find the subscription you don't want and you press cancel. And Rocket Money, they cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. So this is something that even at dinner tonight, I was with my sister, uh, my sister, my nephew, my brother-in-law, my mom and dad, my niece is away. Um, so, sorry, I don't, I don't know why I needed to give my whole family, uh, location, but I told them about this and everyone at the table, my mom was like, Ooh, that sounds amazing. And my sister loved it. They both are canceling Disney plus, which you can do through rocket money. Uh, I have subscriptions. I didn't even realize I had entertainment weekly, which doesn't even publish anymore. I still have a subscription to how is that possible? Thank you. Run rocket money. I do not any longer. Um, so stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash so bad. That's rocketmoney.com slash so bad. You guys check it out. Do it for me. Do it for the show, but also do it for you. $720. That's a lot of money that you can spend on coming to see me live. Dates announcing soon. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And I just re remember the iconic Amanda Bynes tweet, I want Drake to murder my vagina. Was it murder my vagina or murder my pussy? It's probably murder my pussy. Sorry. Hey, kids at home, don't listen to this. Let's look at Amanda Bynes Drake. I know it'll be the first thing that pops up. My Google search is so messed up. Uh, oh, yeah, I want Drake to murder my vagina. I was right the first time. What a thing to be right about. Yeah, she tweeted that. Um, she tweeted that. It, it truly incredible. And... Um, and then she went on to tweet later. I'm sorry about the tweets I said about Drake. I didn't mean what I said. I hope to become friends with him instead of smashing him. Good. Uh, but I was reading through Amanda Bynes old tweets. Like uh, one says twerking out. Um, she, I, she was 
I mean, but we really didn't know at the time that she was uh, really in this the psychotic episode that she was. It would just be like, oh, wow, she's really wilding out there in the streets of New York. Well, anyways, hopefully this is good news. Um, she is set to reunite with the All That cast for a 90s panel. Um, and this is going to be held March 17th to March 19th. Uh, you got Kel Mitchell, you got Danny Tamborelli and Lori Beth Dunberg. Now, Lori Beth Dunberg, she was the, um, the bigger woman that was on all that. And she was the nicest girl. I, when I worked at the, the spa that I, I was a manager at when I first moved to LA, she was a member and she would come in every day to like steam and sauna and stuff like that. And she was so nice. She would come in daily. Very nice girl. Um, so she's going to be there and this is going to be a convention, convention in Connecticut. And I think they're going to do a Q and a, you'll do meet and greets, but hopefully this goes good. Like, I think we all kind of want the best for Amanda Bynes. And it's one of those scary things because she was one of the first people, uh, you know, one of the first celebrities to be in the internet age where you were like, oh, wow, we're watching, um, somebody's mental health in real time. You're watching this, you know, through social media and through what she's posting and what she, and you know, then what happens because of pop culture and and the 24 hour news and social media cycle is that I feel like it doesn't help things, obviously. Like we don't help things. We know that, right? We don't help things. We don't help things in the Britney Spears. We don't help things. uh, In this case, we don't help things even in the Idaho murder case. Listen, I'm fixated on that case and I watch all of these TikToks and they're just, it's just like some dude or some girl regurgitating literally the three facts they read in an article and they're like breaking news. And they're telling you something that, you know, was out two weeks ago and they're acting like it's new information because they want to get likes. It's just, it's really just such a weird system that we've set up. And then we've kind of established that, you know, well, these people are, you know, if they get a lot of likes and a lot of followers, these are good. These are, these are solid people. And usually most of the time they're just, they're also just weird. They're weird themselves. I'm like, you could be a suspect in the Idaho murder case. You are very, there's this one lady that's like, breaking news, Brian Kohlberger, da, da, da. I'm like, oh my God, I can't, sorry. I'm complaining so much today, you guys. I'm so sorry. I, uh, I'm very, I'm very annoyed today by so many things. But anyways, Amanda Bynes is going to do this and hopefully it goes well. Like I, you know, it's like if you, I want her to be able to make money and make a living. I also want her to be happy and safe and all of those things. I want that for all of us. Also, Britney Spears, that continues. She's in Maui now and she released a video complaining about a bad tattoo, but I, she wouldn't show the tattoo and it's just more, and it's like, okay, just let her, let her be, let her, let her live. I mean, I just hope she has the right people around her, you know? Um, Pamela Anderson, her new Netflix documentary is coming out very soon, and uh, she is doing a lot of press for it, and she says in the documentary, the one man she has ever truly been in love with is, um, is Tommy, is Tommy Lee. And she's been with, she was with, remember when she was with Kid Rock? She was with uh, the WikiLeaks guy. Uh, I'm not, I'm not joking. She was dating the WikiLeaks guy for a little bit. Um, She was also with Rick Solomon and Rick Solomon, she was married to Rick Solomon. Rick Solomon, fun fact, was the guy that sold the sex tape of Paris Hilton. He was also in the sex tape One Night in Paris. That's the Rick Solomon. And then Pamela Anderson married him as well, was with movie producer John Peters. Uh, her last husband was Dan Hayhurst. They wed in 2020 and split in 2022. So she knows her way around a marriage. Um, but Tommy will always be uh, the one, you know, that she loves. You know, iconic couple in terms of pop culture. And we just had the Pam and Tommy uh, FX series, which I like aspects of that. I, I thought... Uh, the actors did a really good job. I thought it, you know, I didn't think it fully worked, but I really appreciated the effort. And I, I love that we're getting stories based on pop culture events that I lived through. And what was so wild, you guys, they were shooting that on Sunset Boulevard. And I remember me and my roommate, we were walking. It was like during, it was like on the tail end of the pandemic where people were still wearing masks. But all of a sudden we were walking on Sunset and they had turned the Tower Records on Sunset, which was an iconic Tower Records that is not closed, now closed. Um, but they, 
all of a sudden they had all these 90s albums and they had the Tower Records sign like Tower Records was back. They had Smashing Pumpkins, Infinite Sadness and the, you know, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness album cover. They had all these 90s album covers and I was in heaven. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then I found out they were filming something. Didn't know it at the time, but they were filming uh, Pam and Tommy. And you see those scenes in the movie. But for a second... I just thought, man, that's when you want a time machine. Also to go back and kill people like Hitler, but you also want the time machine so you can go back to like the mid-90s, even before I lived in L.A., and come and be around like Tower Records and these things. Do you ever think about that? Which pop culture moments you would actually use a time machine for? So say you 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 get the time machine, right? But you have rules on the time machine. You can't go back and hurt anybody or change uh, the future, you know? like you, so you can't kill Hitler, unfortunately. But you can go back and poke around. You just can't. What would you do? What pop culture moments would you do? Like, I would want to be in the elevator with Jay-Z and Beyonce when Solange slapped him. Like, or or like be, like, they might not let me in the elevator, but I'd like to be right at that door when they're coming out and be like, whoa, what's going on? You got, you know, like, I'd like to be there. I'd like to be on the tarmac with whatever happened with the Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie flight, the private jet flight. There's so many good pop culture moments that I would have loved to have just, or do you think about like the concerts? Like, oh, I would have loved to have gone to Woodstock or I would have, I always think about those. Like, wouldn't you, that wouldn't that be a, just mind blowing? That's the kind of virtual reality I would love is to be like, all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, I'm here. I'm actually here. And you walk around and see the stage. And like, I just think that would be mind blowing. But the funny thing is we'd also probably kind of hate it because the sound would be bad. There would be no video screens <laughs> because they hadn't been invented yet. And so you'd be like, ah, oh, this sucks. I can't even see. Is that the, is that the Rolling Stone? I can't even tell. Um, so Amanda Bynes, I hope everything works out with this. Now we were talking about, uh, my new favorite, uh, petty ex, uh, Miley Cyrus, who I just love that song flowers, by the way, hit 15 million downloads within the span of like 48 hours. It's only one of like 10 songs in Spotify to get that many streams that quickly. And, uh, so good for Miley. It is a catchy as hell song. Go listen to it. If you haven't, you've already heard it. It's called flowers. But remember, she wrote it about Liam Hemsworth, her ex-husband, because he cheated on her a bunch. She dedicated this Bruno Mars song to her at their wedding, which I think is a crime in itself. Um, and I think it's just great. But here's another one that I forgot to bring up is Shakira. Have you followed the Shakira breakup? Her ex is a soccer dude, Gerard Peake. And she <laughs> she's also included a his severed head in a fridge in her new music video <laughs> after realizing he had cheated when yeah do you so he had cheated on her you guys and the way she found out was that the house they share she was away came back and she discovered a jar of jelly that had been eaten out of and her husband has gone on record to say he has never had jelly doesn't like jelly at all. So she was like, I know I didn't eat the jelly. I know he didn't eat the jelly. And that's how she pieced it together. And she was also playing this song over her balcony at the house. And I guess the mother-in-law lives across the way. And she was blaring this song against her husband. And she had like a witch statue. I'm not even joking. This sounds like so made up. But I'm like, Shakira and Miley Cyrus, like way to go. This is what, I mean, good for you guys. Like that's huge. Also, who the fuck cheats on Shakira? You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm like. That's like everybody just, I'm not like excusing it, but it just seems like everybody cheats because I don't think you'd cheat on Shakira. Like I don't personally love Miley, but I don't think you would cheat on her if you were with her, but it turns out they do. Turns out they do. And also I'm not saying, I know girls cheat too, you guys. I'm not saying it's just guys, but, um, let's see. What else do we got here? Um, (laughs) I, okay, consult my list of notes here. Um, oh, bravo, you guys also. So Southern Hospitality, the season finale airs this next Monday. I, I I did that interview with Mikkel from the cast. I really dig it. You got to check it out. If you haven't like watched Miami, obviously that is a no-brainer. You got to. Jersey's coming up um, in like two weeks. I watched the season premiere. Loved it. Really good. Um, it gets right back into the middle of things. It's not as intense as that season where Jackie said the thing about Teresa's daughter in the first episode about her, you know, whatever she was allegedly doing blow at college. It's not like it doesn't start that intensely, but it's a really, really solid start. Also Vanderpump rules comes out. Uh, did you say, and I talked about the preview 
I'm bringing sexy back. Oh, I I can't get enough of it. I'm really excited for Vanderpump Rules. And what I what I what I really want people to do is live in that excitement. Live in the possibilities of what if it's just as good of a season as it was years ago. Live in that possibility. Don't don't get negative and don't be like, well, I bet it's gonna suck. No, live in that possibility that what if it's good? And if it's bad, we'll see soon enough. But what if it's good? Can you just let yourself live in that moment? Can you just let yourself go like, wow, I'm going to, this possibly could be good. It possibly could give me chills again. Yeah, I've gotten chills from Vanderpump Rules. You guys have too. And then, of course, Summer House will be on uh, very soon, February 16th, which we'll be covering on the Patreon. Oh, this is what I wanted to bring up. Madonna. So Madonna, you guys, she is still chugging along. Now, this is something, there's been a lot of things about Madonna over the last couple of years where I've been like, oh, that's not exactly for me. Like, yeah, Madonna, I cannot, um, I cannot uh, overstate how important she is to pop culture. One of, if not the best female pop vocalists of all time, but she really created the genre. I mean, she really did what, you know, what she meant in the eighties and what she kind of provided a roadmap. I mean, talk about in terms of pivoting, which I, what I was talking about with Kim Kardashian earlier, you know, she was the first people to like switch up and have different eras. Like Taylor Swift has all of these eras. Madonna was the one that started that in so many ways. You know, I've always thought of Madonna sometimes more as a performance art than a, you know, especially in the last decade of her work. Um, but I was, but she's so important to pop culture, just truly a legend. And she is going to embark on a era's tour. She is going to do, uh, the celebration tour and it's going to celebrate four decades, 40 years. And it's supposedly going to be all of her hits. Now, this is something I want to see. Like, you know, if it was a new Madonna album, I would probably sit it out. And Madonna is one of the only performers I have not seen live. I almost got to see a tour a long time ago and it didn't happen. But this, I don't think I'll be able to get tickets for it. But this, this sounds amazing. Like, really, couldn't you, like, all of Madonna's hits, think about it. Think about how many bops she has had. I mean, just, I remember, like... I didn't tap, like, but Ray of Light was, I think, the last Madonna album that I really, really took to. Um, and then it kind of, cause I didn't get into the, the dance one and all the other ones since like I've heard songs from it, but it just didn't speak to me. Um, that does not mean anything. Um, but I mean, she was just on hit after hit after hit. I even loved that song for that movie with honors. Do remember now that I'm standing on my own. I'm telling you, it was great. It was a bop. But I want to see that. So I think that's worth uh, showing up for. She announced the tour in this weird social media video that had like Meg Stalter, uh, the comedian, and Kate Berlant. And uh, who was it? Oh, well, <laughs> Amy Schumer was in the video. Um, it was odd. It was odd. I mean, but that's what we come to expect from Madonna. But it was just one of those. And I, I appreciate that she's, you know, the, but I, <laughs> I appreciate she loves keeping current. Uh, I think she might be disappointed with how a lot of people feel about Amy Schumer these days. Also, why can somebody explain the Mindy, Mindy Kaling hate to me? I read so much Mindy Kaling hate. I guess she is the voice of Velma on the new Velma cartoon. That's like the woke Scooby-Doo. And, um, I, I don't care about woke one way or the other, you know, um, I hate that word, but I just thought it was bad writing. I didn't think it was like woke. I was like, oh, but it's also a cartoon. Like, what do we expect? I mean, like also when you get, <laughs> you can also just move on. Like, you don't just don't watch the cartoon. Uh, these things become talking points politically and it's so ridiculous. It's so frustrating to to listen to the bullshit that people care about. Cause you're like, man, you're making a political statement out of a Scooby-Doo cartoon on HBO max. Do you know people are dying out there? Like, yeah, who cares? Most of these people don't even have HBO max. Are you kidding me? But, uh, she's announced all the, uh, the dates. I think tickets go on sale next 
Thursday's the pre-sale on Friday. It goes on sale to the general public, but I'm sure it'll be a massive sellout immediately. I still haven't got Taylor Swift tickets. I'm behind on everything. Uh, hopefully things will just work. Things will just, things always work out. You guys. Um, also, I wanted to talk about, uh, the, the chain smokers or, uh, the pole smokers as, uh, my nephew likes to say, no, I'm joking. Uh, the chain smokers are not brothers as a lot of people have interpreted them to be, but they are, uh, two dudes, you know, they do a little DJ and a little singing a little, you know, and they have really popular music. They play in Vegas a lot. They have a residency at one of the hotels there. Uh, Drew Taggart is one of these guys and he was in the news recently for a lot of reasons, but this just this week that he w- is dating Selena Gomez. You stay away from her, Drew. You stay, Selena, do not, do not do this. Justin Bieber's one thing. You don't then go to one of the chain smokers later down the line. I just, Selena, we like, I want, Selena, I love you and only murders in the building. And I have a lot of friends that love you to death. This is not the way. Selena, please, I'm begging you. And this Drew Tiger guy, I've, I've heard so many personal stories that this guy is a complete D-bag. He was also dating Steve Jobs' daughter. And Steve Jobs, like as recently as New Year's, and she deleted her Instagram once the news dropped about Selena this week. I hate to get into the, you know, the gossip, but that's that happened. And that is... Uh, I mean, this guy and the, the other thing, the other thing, the, why it's so fresh in my mind that they're creepy is, you know, the Caller Daddy podcast that uh, that Alexander Cooper, it's on Spotify. She interviews a lot of big people, you know, because she got like a 60 million dollar deal on Spotify and she only has to do like, it seems like just an hour of, it seems like an hour or two of work. It feels like she does like two hours of work a week and then she has a team to all her video and all that. I'm just like, it seems like the sweetest deal ever. And all she has to do is get a couple sound bites from guys like the chain smokers saying that they have threesomes with their fans. You know, all she has to do is get that sound bite, you know, and she's good at getting that sound bite. But man, that's nice. Oh, it's $60 million. I made $60 last. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, she did the an interview with the chain smokers a couple weeks ago where it came out where they're like they admitted to having threesomes with some of their fans and they said it's been a you know some freaky experiences having threesomes with fans. You do not have to chain chain smokers if you're listening. You don't have to tell us things like that. Like you know what? Like and he was like that's why we got into this, you know? Like we we yeah, we want to be real. Like man, be as real as you want, you know, as long as, you know, consent is bad, all of that stuff. But I think the problem is maybe you telling us it's like, you know, it's like smell my fingers, dude. Yeah. Those are fans. Also you're hooking up with your onstage partner too. Like bro, bro, like that just can't like, so when they're on stage, like if I ever, I'm not going to probably see the chain smokers live, but if I do now, I'm just going to be picturing those guys having sex together with one of their fans. Like I would just go to their concert and tour, turn to girls and be like, Hey, be careful tonight. <laughs> they might get you, you know, unless that's your thing. But I don't want, I don't want little Selena Gomez in a threesome with the chain smokers. God forbid, please. And also, I don't want her bringing those cooties around Steve Martin and Martin Short, National Treasures. Also, did you see that photo the other night or the the video that Selena put on her uh, gram where they're filming Only Murders in the Building Season 3 right now? And it was Marty, her, Steve, Paul Rudd is on this season. And then all of a sudden, Meryl Streep popped up from behind the couch and Meryl Streep has joined this season. This has just got to be so much fun to do. And you know Meryl Streep probably took it just going like, oh, yeah, I get to spend a season laughing with Martin Short and Steve Martin. Like Meryl Streep is just a fan of their comedy, too. Oh, my God. I went to a thrift store the other day and I found a vintage Steve Martin stand-up album. And I, you guys know I adore Steve Martin, but I also adore a good thrift record. And it was like four bucks. And I was like, cha-ching. Oh my God, you guys, I forgot to tell you this. Do you guys do, oh, I know you guys do this. I see, but I, I haven't done this in so long where I, I got really sad the other night at my parents' house and I don't know why I'm whispering. And I took my Amazon card, like my credit card and I bought a bunch of vinyl and I don't know. I mean, and I just, I bought like $120 worth of vinyl but they were all like, you know, like $15 and they're not like crazy expensive records, 
but I don't usually do that. I'm, I've kind of trained myself to keep expenses low. And uh, I did that. And I just, I wasn't even drinking. I was just like, yeah, this, and it was, I couldn't fall asleep. And then I was like, just then scrolling Amazon. I was like, oh, I wonder if this uh, neutral milk hotel album will make me happy. Or like, you know, it was like, I got that. I got, uh, um, what else did I order? What was it? It was, I can't even remember them. That's so sad. Oh, Karunga Ben, a band I really like. I got that album. I got a, uh, I got a Prince album. Um, yeah. So, it, but you know, it did make me feel good for a moment. Uh, but I can't, I can't do that again. I've got to be careful. Unless you guys, does anybody know uh, Mr. Amazon? If anybody can give me a hookup at Amazon with Mr. Amazon, I would love that. Uh, also, we're going to get going here in a sec, but I wanted to, I was thinking today, as I was just, as I do, and I'm listening to this audiobook right now. Uh, I, I started Alan Rickman. Do you remember him? He played Snape in the Harry Potter series, which you guys might really know him for. Uh, but he was also the villain in the first Die Hard movie. He was so known in the Theta, the Theta. He was part of the Royal Shakespeare Company overseas, uh, grew up in London, um, went to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. But anyway, I'm listening to his diaries. Uh, they just published it a couple of months ago, and he's passed away in 2016 from uh, prostate cancer. And I just, it's it's really, you know, it's just kind of, by wrote like this is what I did today and this da, 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 da. um but it, it's very comforting to listen to you know somebody's life of what they did every day and uh I was listening to it and we were he was talking about movie roles you know and he was talking about how much it takes to get a movie made and all that and I started thinking about the scope of television right now and how streaming you know I was just thinking about movies and streaming I talk about that a lot uh on this show because I think it's something to really pay attention to, you know, the rise of streaming mixed with the marvelization of movie theaters mixed with COVID is really interesting to look at. And it also shows where I was like, okay, if Alan Rickman were alive today, he would be near 70 and he would be, I mean, he would be in his seventies and he would be doing something like succession. He would be on that platform because back in the day when he started off as a movie star, you know, and Die Hard was what, 1990 or 1991, um, in that time frame, And that's when like people would, people went to the movies, but you had to get them in the seats. So you had movie stars, you had Bruce Willis, you had Tom Cruise, you had these people that would put butts in the seats. You had a Denzel Washington. Yeah. I mean, you still do have a Denzel Washington, but you, you got these people, these charismatic people. Cause Alan, uh, Rickman was talking about doing that film galaxy quest. If you remember that with Tim Allen from Santa Claus and home improvement and stuff, but he said he liked, he got along with Tim Allen, but Tim Allen didn't really have a process for working. And this kind of makes me geek out because, you know, I studied acting and I went to school for it, you know, so it, it's all, you know, kind of like how you're trained. And Tim Allen wasn't trained. Tim Allen was a stand-up. He was a regular guy and then he was a stand-up. And so Tim Allen's way of working, he, he would come on set and kind of make fun of people. And Allen was like, I think that's so he can try to loosen people up, but it actually creates a, a great nervousness on the set. You know, he really didn't have respect for Tim's quote unquote process. But Alan Rickman was an actor, you know, like he, he studied it. He, he really, you know, even in this diary, he would be doing these big movies, but then he would always go back to the theater, you know, he'd do a Shakespeare play and he would, he would stress about it. He would think about it every day. And, and I found that part of it, the, this fascinating listening to him trying to, uh, go through rehearsals for, uh, Antony and Cleopatra with, uh, Judy Dench. And he would talk about not finding the role and some days it would go good and tomorrow's another day to try. And, you know, and then he would go to these movie, you know, movie sets and you'd have somebody like a Bruce Willis or a Tim Allen who had such great charm, but they didn't have a process, but they had something, you know, they had this charisma that would bring people to the movies. But now because of COVID and just like the rise of streaming and all of this stuff is that those people now they're everywhere. It's like TV has become so uh, all-consuming that it, I think it's another one of those things that's kind of decimating the movies um, because it used to be where TV, you couldn't tell as good of stories as you could on the silver screen. But now you can. These, these TV shows, 
you know, back in the day, you'd get these episodes of Golden Girls that were like hysterical and funny, but they weren't like, you know, let's sink our teeth into these. These are such deep meanings and all of this stuff. Like Golden Girls actually bad because it actually did was great. But I'm talking about like the CSIs or like kind of the serialized shows. But now you have like HBO and Netflix and they're really doing such intensely good work. And it really and they, they've given us so much of it. But I think it's another reason where, you know, all of these actors, like I, I was, I was like, oh man, if Alan Rickman was alive today, he would be heading up some series on HBO and it would be, it would win all of these Emmys. It would be huge. But I was just keep thinking about where we're headed. Like I said, I had a great experience seeing that Megan movie, uh, with the little, the little robot killer girl, spoiler alert. And <laughs> I had a great time doing that. And I have a great time at some of the Marvel movies and things like that. But some of these stories that are intense, I almost now prefer to watch them at home. And and I, you got to look at that. But it's really it's really interesting. This kind of this diary was making me really go back and appreciate of like, oh, man, like I want to have more experiences at the theater again. I want to have that thing where I go out, you know, it's like I just was remembering me in college. And remembering, like, even growing up in Kansas, I was just so in love. I was in love with TV, definitely. But TV I had access to. I had a TV in my house. But movies I didn't. Movies I had to beg my parents to take me to a video store or beg my parents to take me to Olathe Landing where they had the movie theater. And, you know, I would get to go see a movie every weekend. Um, And it meant so much to me. And it was just so magical. And now you just don't, you, it's not, it's just not the same. That excitement is not the same because that excitement now is, is on your screen. It's on your screen that you carry on your phone. It's on the screen that I'm working on right now. It's on the screen that I'm going to go to bed to tonight. It's on, it's everywhere, everywhere. So now we're just kind of leaving our houses to go to another screen. When in the old days, it was just, that was the screen and you had your shitty TV at home. And you had basic cable and who wants that? So I think those are things to really pay attention to. And with the, this rise of streaming, just so much is everywhere. And that's the thing I want to figure out this year. Kind of more things of what's going to work. What are we, what are we looking at in the future? What is the thing that puts people in seats or keeps people in their bed? Or how can we even do that? Even with podcasting forms, how can we do that? How can we get people excited? How can we get people, how can we take this to the next level? I don't know. These are just really long thoughts I've had at my parents' house. Uh, okay, you guys, this was it. I hope that this was all over the map. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm sure somebody will like it. But uh, I hope you guys have a great Thursday. Coming back strong with a recap tomorrow. I love doing those Miami recaps. Plus, we'll talk about a couple of other Bravo things. But come join us. Come support. I appreciate all of you guys that do. Uh, Join the Patreon. Uh, I'm going to do another couple episodes, I believe, this weekend for that. And uh, yeah, that's it. But I hope you guys are great. I really do. I really, really do. Um, Okay, that's it. Bye, you guys. This is the weirdest. Bye. Betches.